Hebrews 12 and 1 says this, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Here it is. Let us lay aside. All right, here we go. Every weight. Jacob, I know you've only been here a couple weeks, man, but you did a good thing when I asked you to find some heavy rocks. I guarantee you this little backpack is 50 pounds. I'm not exaggerating either. This would not fly with Delta. I will tell you that. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. Why? Because we're supposed to run the race that God has for us with patience with endurance and if there's things in your life that are weighing you down you can't run that race you can't be at least in its fullest who God has called you to be so for a few moments today I want to preach to you what is not a weight loss message but it could sound like it drop the weights and I added an S because I thought drop the weight just sounded too much like an Adkins diet Drop the weights. Drop the weights. Whatever you walked in with today, if it's weighing you down, I believe in the name of Jesus, you're going to walk out of here lighter than what you walked in. And can I just declare this? I don't only believe that today you're going to have a few moments of maybe feeling lighter in an altar experience at the end of a service, but I speak in the name of Jesus that even in the middle of this week and in the middle of next month and throughout the the next year, that God is going to begin to give you an unburdened life. That you're going to begin to live the life that he's called you to live as you begin to drop the things that he never called you to carry. Would you pray that prayer with me right now if that's what you desire? Lord, in this room, I speak in the name of Jesus that God, we would begin to walk and run the race that you have called us to run. Not one that is burdened, not one, God, that is constantly tired, but Lord, one that has allowed you to lift off of us anything that does not belong there. And I speak in the name of Jesus that there's about to be some membership and some guests at Stello Church that answer the call in the name of Jesus and they run with endurance and they run with patience. And God, you are going to be the one that restores their joy and their strength in the name of Jesus. I pray it. Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to drop some weights. Some, some husbands just got intimidated in here. Hey Amen. You can be seated. That was nerve-wracking right there. Got tied in here. In 1993, Michael and Mark, two brothers, acquired a struggling Gold's Gym franchise. After watching the gym struggle, they decided that the fitness model as they knew it wasn't really working. So they made a change. Rather than the classic weightlifting moves such as clean and jerks or deadlifts, which entail weight trainers lifting the weights up into the air and then dropping them on the ground, they decided that they would prohibit that kind of weightlifting in their gyms. They established instead what they coined, quote, a judgment-free zone. A judgment-free zone. It worked. In fact, it worked so well that within a decade, they had vastly expanded their own franchise. And they had bought the rights to the name, which now is household, Planet 
fitness. In fact, they called it Fitness Planet at first, but that didn't work very well. I prefer Pizza Planet. But over the next three decades, as you well know, Planet Fitness became a cultural staple. In fact, I would say they're everywhere. And even though publications such as Men's Fitness have deemed it the worst gym ever, and although it's reported that only half of their monthly members actually go to the gym, if they ever did decide to go to the gym, they would be promised a judgment-free zone tailored for the average Joe. In fact, one of the things that differentiates Planet Fitness from most other gyms is their number one rule. And if you're a member, you know what that is. Do not drop the weights. Do not drop the weights. Planet Fitness claims that this type of lifting is intimidating for the average gym goer. And if you happen to be caught dropping your weight in their gym, there's a big button at every single franchise called the Lunk Alarm. Anybody ever seen this? If you hit the Lunk Alarm, it goes off, makes a big siren noise, and it just tells people, hey, this is a judgment-free zone. We don't need you dropping your weights in here. It can be sounded when someone is drawing attention to themselves in the judgment-free zone, harshing the judgment-free vibe. Now, I certainly don't want you to think that this church is a church of judgment. But I will also tell you that spiritually speaking, the planet fitness model doesn't translate very well. Because today, I want to encourage you to do the opposite of what Planet Fitness tells you to do. And I want to tell somebody in this room, it's time to drop the weights. It's time to throw down the thing that has been burdening you and has been laying heavily on your shoulders. In fact, I will tell you what Jesus told his followers. He said, take on my yoke for it is light. It's an easy walk. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus did not say to them that they would live a burden-free life. In fact, the word yoke actually implies burden because yoke is what would go around that beast of burden's neck so that it could pull the weight. But what you have to understand is that every yoke was specifically designed for the animal on which its shoulders would rest. And so today, I want to tell you what Jesus is saying, is that if we would live the life of burden that we were designed to live, it would feel light and it would feel easy. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be trials. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be issues. But what it means is that every issue, every trial, every burden that we face would be one that we could carry because we were built for it, designed for it, and made for it. And so in this place today, I want to take on the words of Jesus. And like I said, I'm not encouraging anyone to be judgmental of others or even judgmental of themselves in a condemning way. But what I would ask us to do today, Stello Church, is to take a step back to examine our lives and to begin to look and ask, what weights am I carrying that God is calling me to drop and to lay aside? 
What things have I been allowing to hinder me from running the race that he has called me to run? And can I just tell you, whether you're a new convert or a longtime member, this is a message for every single one of us. Because if you live for God long enough, what you will realize is that you always have something that is trying to pull you down or pull you back. But in the name of Jesus today, I believe that God is calling us to examine. In fact, I wonder, do you have that in your hand? That rock in your hand? I'm going to ask you today to consider as this message goes on for the next couple of hours. Just making sure you're with me today. If you don't laugh, I'll, if you think I'm serious, I'll, I'll take it seriously. I mean, I could just preach next week's message. Take that weight and to consider what things might be weighing me down? What things in my life might be causing me to be detoured from the will of God? What things in my life might be there that are good, but they are causing me to sacrifice what is best in my life? Because notice there is a differentiation in the scripture in Hebrews between weight and sin. Both weigh us down on the journey. But can I just tell you today that God is calling us to examine both things in our lives. In fact, I wonder if I could get some help today. I realize you're all the way in the back, but I need a weightlifter. Oh man, everybody. Can I get Brother Hebert up here to the altar? Could you give a great hand of applause for Jordan Hebert? For the, for the life groups that he didn't make, there is a chance that he was lifting weights. You can take this uh, stair right here if you want to, or go, you know, take the long way. That's fine too, whichever way you'd like. There, oh, oh, don't stumble, don't fall. Sorry we have that at an angle. That was almost bad right there, wasn't it? Now, Jordan, what you got to know about, he's an extrovert. Just kidding. He hates this. Jordan, be honest with me. How heavy is that? You, you lift. What do you think? Probably 50 pounds. Now, if you would, would you just strap that on your back? Please don't rip, please don't rip, please don't rip. Probably loosen it a little bit. That's fine. Here, let me lift it up while you loosen. My God. Is that better? You know what? We're just going to leave it. You, you think it's okay? That's, that's tough. That's pretty heavy. Now, you're a big, strong, strapping young man. But after a while, that would become laborsome. That would become difficult to carry. Isn't it amazing that there's things in our lives that once we pick them up for just a few minutes or just a few days or a few months, we convince ourselves that we're able to carry them? Because what we don't take into account is that we're on a journey or a race, as the writer of Hebrews would say it, and that this race is not a sprint, but it's a marathon, and that whenever we get a few miles behind us, that thing that we didn't notice for the first couple of miles now is frustrating us. And of all the days, I just want you to know, I was putting on my hand or my, my hands-free microphone on my ear, and it snapped as I was putting it on my ear. So of all the days for that to happen, it was today, Jordan. So, so let's see what happens with these heavy rocks here. So what we're going to do today, how many wants to help me unburden Jordan's life? Anybody feel like Jordan can walk out of here a little bit lighter than he walked in? So here's the first one. Jordan, that feel a little better? All right, good. Now, this is what the writers of Hebrew, Jacob, great job. Honestly, beautiful job. 
Now, here's what we're going to put on this first one, and this is a big one. You can't see it, but I'm still going to write it on here. And when we put them back outside, somebody's going to be super confused. You want to know what the first thing that God is calling every single person in this room to unburden themselves of is? Sin. Can I just tell you, the Bible says that sin is a hard taskmaster. It'll put you in laborsome places that you were never called to be. It'll cause you to feel weight and pain that you were never called to carry. In fact, can I tell you, if there's hidden sin in your life, it's as if you're walking around like Jordan with a rock in the backpack weighing you down. And can I just tell you, I've watched, I've felt it personally as I'm trying to strive for the will of God and the way of God. But I know there's something on the inside of me that's not supposed to be there. But can I also tell you that that is, in essence, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he who knew no sin became sin, embodied sin, that we might have life. And so the death that sin brings, can, can you just be thankful with me for a moment that it is that Christ Jesus took on that pain and that punishment so that he could lighten our load. I believe that's primarily what Jesus was speaking of when he talked about the yoke that we are to have. It's not a yoke of bondage of sin. It's not a yoke of addiction. It's not a yoke of shame and condemnation. No, it is a yoke that is light because it frees us from the burden and the shame and the condemnation. And can I just preach to somebody, if you walked in here with the heavy burden of sin in your life, you did not walk into a church that measures you up and just sees, well, maybe their sin is worse. No, 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 no. Every single sin has been taken care of by the power of Christ Jesus. And can I just tell you, if you will follow Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, you can be set free of every burden of shame and condemnation. You say, Pastor, what does that look like? It looks like an altar of repentance where you say, God, I'm sorry for the way that I've been living. I want to turn in a different direction. Then it looks like the burial of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ where you lay aside the heavy weight of shame and sin. And can I just tell you, it looks like that one that comes out of that water filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm here to tell you today, the gospel will will lighten the load of sin from your life. The gospel of Jesus Christ says you don't have to live with that shame anymore. And can I just take a moment and can I preach to the choir and tell somebody in this room that if you've already been through that, you've followed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't tell you. I, I wish it was easy to let you know when a sin in your life became an issue of whether or not you were going to heaven or hell. Because that's what people want to know. Well, pastor, is, is the sin in my life, is it a heaven or hell issue? I don't know. So, some people have tried to differentiate theologically. Well, it's, if it's a habitual sin and you've done it over and over, then it's a heaven-hell issue. Well, no, 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 no. The moment that you disobey, if you don't run to an altar of repentance, you're going to... No, 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 no. I don't believe that either. Can I just tell you? I'm not sure. I believe that only God knows that. That when a sin in a believer's life becomes a justification issue rather than a sanctification issue. I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is this, is it's not God's... In fact, can I just tell you, Jordan, straight up, my arm's getting tired right now. And I wish I had that microphone. Because this is not enjoyable to carry. This is not fun. 
that secret thing in your life. And can I tell you, maybe you are on your way to heaven. And maybe the grace of God is covering that thing. But I just want you to know, it is not the will of God that people who have been saved and sanctified by the Spirit of God live a life that is burdened and broken by sin. It's not the will of God that we walk around in shame and in pain and in condemnation, always contemplating whether or not we're going to make it to heaven or hell. Can I just tell you that the enemy will use this heavy weight of sin to condemn you? He'll call you a fake. He'll call you a fraud. He'll say, well, if you were really who you were supposed to be, anybody anybody holding that rock in their hand right now? Are we real yet? Are we being honest yet as a church? To say, yeah, there's some believers and there's some new people, there's some new converts, there's some that have been around for a while that you walked in and there's some stuff that would come under this, this, uh, this category of sin in your life and you feel ashamed by it. I just want to tell you today that God is looking at you and he's saying you need to let go of that. In fact, I wonder, could you just close your eyes for a moment? Could you hold that rock in your hand? And if there's something that you walked in with that would fall into this category, I wonder if right now you could just begin to pray a prayer. God, wash me. God, cleanse me. If I'm carrying anything that I wasn't called to carry, I speak in the name of Jesus that these things would be let go, would be taken off of me, this burden, this pain, this hurt. In the name of Jesus, I speak that. Luke 21 and 34 says this, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down. Lest your hearts be weighed down. Says this, overcharged. Isn't that the feeling of sin? A weighed down feeling. A feeling of I'm trying to walk and do the will of God, but I cannot get this yoke off of my shoulders, off of my life. I bet you're even, even though I took that out, I bet it's still kind of hurting a little bit right now. Not really. He's like, I'm pretty strong. Well, for the rest of us, starts to weigh you down after a while. And I'm not preaching some perfection message. But what I am preaching, man, I feel the Holy Ghost here, is that God is speaking to somebody today that what He wants to do in your life is to unburden you from some old addictions, to unburden you from some things that continually rear their ugly head back up. It doesn't mean that you're never going to want it again. In fact, I will tell you, I've talked to pastors, some of the greatest men and women of God that I've ever met, and they've told me things like this. Devin, I came out of a life of alcoholism, or I came out of a life of addiction to nicotine. And they say, they'll, they'll tell me this. I've heard it on more than one occasion. But when I smell the alcohol, maybe I go into a certain restaurant, or maybe I get a whiff of it, in a a certain gas station or establishment, would you believe that it still whets my appetite? There's still something in my flesh that desires that. I'm not preaching that God will perfect or glorify your flesh on earth. That's not going to happen. You might still battle the addiction. You might still fight the flesh at times. But what I am speaking is that we have something so much greater than this broken flesh. We have the Spirit of God, which has empowered every believer to live a life of overcoming. And in the name of Jesus, you can stand against the sin which once did beset you. And you can run the race that God has called you to run. I'm preaching a message of victory. 
victory. I'm preaching a message to somebody today that says, you know what? I'm leaving this place and I'm going to get accountable. I'm leaving this place and I'm going to set my life up with practicality to not make provision for the flesh. That's what victory looks like. But it's not just that. It's not just sin. In fact, I would tell you the majority of the things that we carry in the backpack, the reason that they're difficult to unburden ourselves of is because they're not sin. If I sin, I know it's bad because I feel bad because that's what the Spirit of God gives me. Not condemnation, but conviction for what is wrong. But what about discerning the weights in my life that aren't necessarily heaven or hell issues? Well, I've got about eight more of these in here. Just kidding. My God, Jacob. There's one. These are honestly beautiful rocks, though. I don't know where you got these. Looks like you stole them from a museum or something. You ready for the next one? Here's the next weight. You can't see it, but I'll read it to you. A busy life. Mm. Just hold that rock in your hand for just a second. Busyness. You say, that's not even in the Bible. Ha! You're wrong. Let's read. First Timothy, here's just, here's just one. In fact, let's, ju- let's just throw Proverbs 15 and 16 up on the board. Let's read it all together. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. We're in a generation where, believe it or not, we would be all considered people with great treasure according to centuries past. We're kind of all in the rich young ruler category, if you will. Every single one of us have been given more than what we really know what to do with. You say, well, I'm struggling a little bit in my finances. I'm not trying to make light of financial struggle. But what I am telling you is that most of our financial struggles are actually us just battling our blessings. Because the blessings in our life that God has been so gracious to give us and the, the society in which we live have afforded us much of end up being the things that weigh us down the most and distract us. First Tim or second, First Timothy six seventeen through nineteen says this: Command those who are rich in the present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives richly all things to enjoy. Thank God for the blessings He gives richly all things to enjoy. But here's how you're supposed to live an unburdened life: Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. That the Lord may hold on eternal life. Or may lay hold on eternal life. God is telling you today and me today. That our busy lives are often a byproduct of the blessings that we have. It's a life full of extracurricular activities. It's a life where there's always the next appointment. It's a life where there's always another vacation. It's a life where there's always another place to go, place to travel, thing to see. And I'm not against that. But I know the feeling of living in the era and the culture in which we live. And we're always battling our busyness. 
always on the go. And I really believe, and it says it in the book of James and all throughout the New Testament, that true believers are called to live in many ways a simplistic life. And, and, and I know that's a tension. And in no way am I trying to infuse condemnation into this message right now. But what I'm asking you and me to do is to hold that rock, that weight in our hand, and just to consider what places in my life have I allowed to burden me down that truly are sacrificing the greatest that God has for me for the good that I can conjure up or create? What are the places in my life, God, that I've become overly busy or overly involved? What are the things in my life? What does my schedule look like? Can I just stop for a moment and tell you that if you are too busy to read a chapter and verse every day, you are too busy. If you are too busy to make it to church on Sundays in any kind of consistent manner, friends, brothers and sisters, you are too busy. You say, where's that in the Bible? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You need Sundays. You need church. You need the body of Christ. You need what God can do through the preached word of God because it's through the preached word of God that faith comes into your life. And so if you're walking around feeling burdened, feeling tired, and you're wondering why am I anemic in my Christianity? Why do I feel like I've lost something? You need to examine the busy life that we live and say, God, what is it that you're calling me to unburden myself of? God, what are the things that maybe have taken precedent over what is most important and God is saying lay it down today it's simple but it's powerful God's saying where are the places that you can begin to unburden anybody ready to get their toes stepped on here's the next rock oh hey is it starting to feel a little better that's what I thought this one you call it what you want to you can't see it, but I'm still writing it on here. Mainly because it gets everybody's attention. The weight of relationships. People. People can be a weight in your life. People that you weren't called to be yoked up with, connected to. People that you've allowed to cross boundaries that were never supposed to be crossed. People that you have opened a door of access into your life. And what has happened is it's caused you to either have some sort of codependency or constant frustration. And you're wondering, why am I so burdened? Every time I try to go to, to, go to this place or to that place, something blocks me or keeps me from going there. You need to look and you need to ask yourself, who are the favorites in your contact list? Who are the people that are on the top three or four ones that you communicate with? The Bible says this about being unequally yoked. 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 14. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted. Watch this. You are not burdened down by us. We're not the weight. We're not the thing, he's saying, that's weighing you down. But you are weighed down by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children. You also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with 
lawlessness or darkness and what communion light with darkness. Say, man, Pastor, you are stepping on toes today. You want to live an unburdened life? Hold that rock in your hand. Ask, what is it that's weighing me down? God did not put these things in his eternal word to make us feel bad. It's quite the opposite. He put these things in his eternal word so that I would be able, as Hebrews says, to run the race with endurance, to run the race not burdened down and broken down all the time. And can I just tell you, there are some relationships that we are in that God has not called us to be in, whether that be romantic or whether that be familial or any other kind of relationship. God is speaking to somebody in this room and saying, you've got almost everything that you need to run the race with endurance, but there's some people that you need to let go of. I'm not talking about being haughty or prideful and telling them that they're toxic and turning your back on them. I'm talking about realizing that, God, if I'm going to be who you've called me to be, I'm going to have to draw some boundaries around my life. I'm going to have to begin to put up proper relational boundaries so that I can press toward the mark of the high and holy call of God. Because if I constantly talk to people and they detour me from the race, they push me in the wrong direction. Every time I talk to them, rather than being encouraged to follow God, I'm dissuaded and discouraged to follow God. Every time I get off the phone with them, I feel like I'm just walking in the wrong. You know what that means? They're not supposed to be there, at least in the aspect or regard that they're in my life. There needs to be a changing. Likewise, if I end up getting with somebody, man, my arm's getting tired. You see, I almost put it down. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put it down. Likewise, if I end up getting with somebody who's on the same path, who's pressing towards the same mark. In fact, that's what it talks about right here, being unequally yoked. What it's talking about is putting two different types of animals under the same yoke. And what happens is when the two different types of animals try to pull the burden, they get frustrated because the one is dragging the other along. For some of you, you know exactly how that feels. For some of you, you have tried to retrofit the yoke that God has given you onto somebody else who's not necessarily a believer or even headed in the right direction. I'm not telling you that being in that relationship is going to send you to hell. We're not talking about hell or heaven. I will tell you, you should tread lightly and be wise because oftentimes people think that they're going to be able to drag somebody else along with them, but what ends up happening is the exact opposite. So you should be careful. But what I am telling you is I've watched over and over, and young people, hear me. If you're not married yet, hear me. What can happen is what starts out as seeming so wonderful and so beautiful, you let it get years down the road. And all of a sudden, that thing that was once so beautiful and so wonderful and so exciting, now it feels like a burden and frustration. You end up in a marriage. You end up in a relationship. You end up with children. And all of a sudden, you all are pulling in two different directions, and you're wondering, God, how How did I end up here this whole time? God was warning with his word and saying, hey, don't let darkness and light try to mix together. It will cause you nothing but frustration. But can I stop and tell you in this room right now, there are people who are going to live life with you that are going to be on the same path as you. Can I just speak this? I believe this. If Stello Church does anything right, it does community right. 
We have biblically based community. We have believers who get together, who talk right, who speak good things about one another. We have, you say, well, I, I've been hurt by Stella Church. There's been some people that talk, well, welcome to the family. I didn't say we were perfect, but what I will tell you is if you're looking for a faith-based community where you can have New Testament fellowship, where you can walk in the right direction, where you can unburden yourself from old relationships and old things, you've come to the right place because I'm telling you, we're going to link up with you and we're going to pull in the same direction and we're going to say, hey, you can make it. We're pulling the same burden. We're going in the right place. Let me just tell somebody, if you're new at Stello Church, just keep pushing through. You're going to make good relationships. You're going to see people in your family safe. You're in the right place today. I'm almost done. Last one here. Musicians, you can make your way up here. Whew, this one's heavy. Oh man, how's that feel? That's how it's supposed to feel. See, that's how it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be like right there. So what is this one? What is he going to write on this rock? Put it right here. I've got rock all over this jacket. This one's a heavy one. You can't see it, but I'll read it. This weight is called your past. This weight right here. That's the, that's the best way I could sum it up. It's your past. Paul was a man who, although he was powerful, powerfully used, one who preached, he became truly the most prolific writer in the New Testament. Two-thirds of the New Testament, he penned himself. Seems to also be a man that was struggling with his own past. The pain of the fact that he persecuted the Christian church, looking back at where he'd come from, never feeling validated. And he would write scriptures like this to encourage you and I, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Here we go. You ready? But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God. I'm letting go of the things that have weighed me down. They hurt me. They're painful. For some of you, it might look like Somebody in the church that hurt you. So I can't really trust church. Stop. I lovingly say it. Just stop thinking that way. That's not, that's not a burden on the church for you to say that. That you're not, you're not validating yourself or helping yourself when you say that. All you're doing is hurting yourself and putting this rock in your own backpack and carrying it. Well, I can't trust people people, it feels so good to say that. It feels like a defense that, that will help us move forward, but I'm telling you, it's weighing you down. I had a counselor tell me one time, I want you to hear this. She said, Devin, 
She said, people walk into our offices and they seek professional counseling and they really don't even know what they're seeking. But ultimately, many walk in with unprocessed emotions. The pain of things that have happened to them in their past. And when they begin to process those emotions and talk about them and get them out in the open, and you've heard me talk about this, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. Those processed emotions end up in people feeling like there's a healing that has taken place because that's what's happened. They've taken something that was suppressed and buried and pushed down and they've let go of it. They've unburdened themselves of that pain. She said, but people don't even realize that that's there. This is what she told me. She said, Devin, it's as if they pick up a rock and when they get tired of holding it, rather than putting it down where it belongs on the ground, they put it in a backpack on their back. And they assume that because they can't see it anymore, that it's not there. And they live their life carrying the weight of something that they cannot see. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like the definition of a stronghold. A mindset. A way of living that has become so consistent that you do not even realize that's the way that you're living or thinking. And in this room, you say, how does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. People get hurt. People endure abuse. People go through tough things in life. And they're so tough and they're so heavy. And for some, you were so young that you didn't even know how to process it. You didn't even know what to do with it. And so you say, I'm tired of looking at it and I'm tired of carrying it. So almost automatically, naturally, reactionary, you take that thing and you put it behind you. And you move forward and you say, thank goodness I don't have to deal with that anymore. But the truth of the matter is it's still weighing you down. It's still on your shoulders. It's still every time you turn around right there. It's the way that you filter your relationships. It dictates the way that you treat your spouse. It hinders the way that you run the race that God has called you to race. It's why you have a hard time looking at leadership in a church and believing that they could actually be for you and not against you. It's why every time somebody makes a mistake, you point it out and say, See, I told you, people are fake. No, people are people. We all make mistakes. But God is saying today, I want to unburden you from that stronghold of your past so that you can press toward the mark, as Paul said. And you can begin to persevere. You can begin to have the patience that God has had you to call. You can have, God is going to give you healthy relationships. God's going to move in your life. He's going to unburden you from the things that have weighed you down and caused you to move forward. I feel that so strong in the Holy Ghost. I wonder if with me, with me right now, could you stand to your feet? Could you hold that weight in your hand? That burden in your hand? 
Would you close your eyes with me right now? I'm asking you, what's that weight in your hand? Is it abuse that you've endured? Is it the pain of a past sin? Is it the pain of a current sin? Is it a relationship that doesn't belong? But it's weighing you down nonetheless? I'm asking you, is it a life that needs restructuring? Is it because you're too busy? God is saying today is the day of salvation.